It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, we're still on a bit of a high after the Socceroos' wonderful performance at the World Cup. Tinge with a bit of disappointment because they were so close against Argentina. So Scott. close. Ben, but like in, with realism, it was like, oh. Geez, I thought we did, we did better than we thought I thought we were going to do against a powerhouse. But it, they were amazing, our boys. It was. And one man who was up and about, and I'm sure he's uh, knowing how significant this is for Australian football, and that is a former Socceroos captain, SBS commentator. And he's here thanks to Kraken, your secure crypto partner. Get in the game for Kraken.com. Craig Foster. Craig, just in summary, mate, uh, what did you make of Australia's performance uh, overall? Yeah, look, it was a brilliant tournament for the Socceroos. They definitely exceeded all expectations. And, and I think the way they carried themselves was part of making uh, all Australians very proud of them. Um, you know, the unity that they showed um, when they were in those huddles and demonstrated, uh, you know, the, the togetherness um, that I think represents so much of our uh, culture here in Australia. It was very, very special to see. And, uh, and you know, and also the face of the team, you know, with these young um, African Australians coming through, and three of them being former refugees, and then all of these wonderful migrant stories. That's very special as well. So they uh, took it to uh, you know Tunisia, Denmark, and in the end, Argentina, the third best team in the world, was just a bridge too far. And now the questions rightly become, well, how are we going to you know make that transition? Because from the round of 16 into the quarterfinal is a very, very, very big leap. Hey, well, Craig, there was, if there's any doubt that you know what you're talking about, when we spoke last before pre-World Cup, I said to you, who are the young guns? Who are the ones that might – we might not know now, but we will know later. And you mentioned by a name by the name of Garanquil, and we've just went, okay, right, I will check him out. Almost had an opportunity to score in the dying moments against Argentina, but he's just gone and signed on with uh, Newcastle in the EPL. You nailed that one, mate. Oh, well, it doesn't take genius to, to work that one out. But, you know, all the fans could have told you the same thing. He uh, is an incredible talent. Um, one of those, along with Awe Mobile and others who are, you know, emerging out of our multicultural community is quite incredible. He's come on twice in this World Cup and he had a wonderful uh, opportunity when Australia was really pushing Argentina, pushing on, put him under a huge amount of pressure in, in the last 15 minutes or so. Uh, but he, incredibly, he hasn't actually started a senior professional game even for the central coast mariners he, he just comes off the bench and changes the game he's got an incredible talent the thing about him is not only does he does he have uh you know this this incredible technical skill he's got amazing uh, bravery um where he just wants to get the ball uh he's courageous and he just wants to go at defenders and create things he played for the a-league uh, all-stars against barcelona and that's when he really came to everyone's attention he came on late in the second half against barcelona of all teams, and he just destroyed them, just went at them. He went past Jared Piquet and everyone went, what is going on here? So he <laughs> didn't get much time, but it was great to see him because he's the future. So you talk about him, the future. Now, you're a man, that, a very learned man, and you've been there, done that, and you can sit back and, and watch his progression. What would your advice to him be? Stay in A-League and, and sort of cut your teeth there and, and build your, your confidence and your mm-hmm. skill set? Or do you think with a performance like that and with Kudos already being thrown his way and even support from you that other clubs and international clubs and overseas clubs will want to come knocking already? What do you think he should do? 
Yeah, so this is the, the kind of conundrum for Australian football that we've always had. The reality is that research is quite clear that when our young players come through and our greatest talent, doesn't matter if it's, um, you know, Garang or if it's um, Arwer or Johnny Aloisi or, um, you know, or everyone that's come through in the past, uh, Mark Baduka and the like, that they're better off um, making a good solid start here in our professional game, um, growing here and kind of reaching their early maturity um, in a place where you know they're still at home, they feel comfortable, uh, and then once they can make it here, then they they make the leap into you know, professional football somewhere in the top five leagues, and so those who do that um, tend to prosper more. Uh, and and as you as you saw at this World Cup, I think 23 of the 26, an incredibly high proportion, one of the highest proportions of all of the teams there, came through and either played in our domestic competition or play currently. And in fact, two of the greatest uh, performers there, Craig Goodwin plays with Adelaide. He was just amazing. Uh, he scored the first goal against France and then uh, and he scored one with a bit of a deflection against Argentina and also set one up for Mitch Duke. Uh, and Matt Leckie, who scored that incredible counter-attacking goal against Denmark, both play in the domestic competition. So it's a big boost for uh, the A-League, um, uh, for the kids to know that you should be playing here. And then, you know, if you do well enough, work hard enough, then, you know, the best clubs in the world are open to you. Craig, uh, certainly I know all the scenes, uh, you know, the coverage was from Fed Square and a side up in Sydney. But I tell you what, they got behind it here in WA as well, and there's a lot of boat owners out there now looking for their flares on their boat that have gone missing. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, where, where, did, did we exceed expectations, or is this exactly where you thought Australia would be? Well, this team exceeded expectations, but we know that uh, football is always unpredictable. We, you know, this this World Cup was. More, I kept saying, look, it's more about hope and optimism than confidence. And the reason being is that the team had struggled through qualifying. In fact, we've struggled the last two times and had to go through the intercontinental playoffs. This time was against Peru, uh, and. So, you know, it was difficult to say, look, we're going there with an incredible generation. We're going to take everyone on. But, you know, what we kept saying is, look, whenever Australia plays, um, we know that, um, you know, we're capable of taking on anyone in the world. The soccerers have demonstrated that over, you know, well, it's a 100-year history. It's a 100-year centenary this year. So it was apt the way that they both carried themselves and performed. Um, in the past, you know, we've beaten world champions. They beat Argentina back in 1988 here, and they were world champions at the time. I got that with Maradona in 86, for example. Uh, you know, and many, many times they, they exceed expectations regularly. We do in all our sports. So um, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't a miracle, um, but it was wonderful that they were able to, you know, perform in that way. And it was great to see Australia come out, and that too wasn't a surprise. So... You know, in modern times, since 2006, when we got through uh, that game against Uruguay in 05, people took to the streets. You know, we had, I think on SBS, I was on that coverage in 05, we had something like over 8 million Australians watching the game mm. at home and in, in pubs and the like, because it was in the evening. So, you know, when the Socceroos and Matildas play in big games, Australia comes out and unifies. And, you know, that's the beautiful power of the game. And it is. So that's why we want people to remember it. Because one, when one day when we make the quarterfinal or the semifinal or beyond, it's just going to be astounding. So how do we cash in? How does Australian football, how does yeah. Soccer Australia, Football Australia, it's cash in on mm. what we've just seen? 
Well, the next six months, it's going to continue because, of course, you've got the Matildas playing in a home World Cup here, and that's what it's going to be immense. So if we thought that Australia was excited about the Socceroos, wait till the Matildas, you know, do well, make the quarterfinal, maybe even semifinal or something. Like, it's going to go nuts. So, you know, the next six months is, is huge. It's not just about the Socceroos. So that's a really powerful little window for the game. But I'd say probably three things. Firstly, uh, you know, Albo, um, you know, made a great um, video for the Socceroos and rightly said, look, we're all with you. We're very proud of you. That was fabulous. And, and almost every MP, I would say, around the country was tuned into the game. And the, the message to them is, OK, well, stay, in, stay involved in the game. The game needs your support because look at how it unifies all of our different cultures. The multicultural nature of the game is unbelievable. Its contribution to social cohesion is astounding. And, you know, we need support at the national level. We need a national plan to be able to perform on the global stage in this sport. Uh, the other thing is to all the fans who came out and, you know, the millions of people who would have watched on TV and hundreds of thousands who came out into the live sites, um, you know, we need your support. Stay involved in the game, not just Socceroos. You know, we need the domestic professional game to be successful, commercially successful, in order to be able to train the players, to train the coaches, and to feed through to future excellence. So go and see Perth Glory right over there, and you know, go and go and um, uh, represent and support your local team everywhere. And the third one is we need a national plan to achieve in this game for a whole host of reasons, whether it's social cohesion, multiculturalism, or national identity, whatever you want to pick, one of them. But we're up against um, nations whose federal governments invest in the sport because this is the only sport that they're interested in. Uh, you know, and this is the, the holy grail for Australian sport. We need Australia to say, okay, we want to go. We, we get it now. We want to go beyond this. We want to make semifinals, finals. We want to win this damn thing. This is the last great challenge for the greatest sporting nation on earth. And that'll allow us to train the kids, to train the coaches, to find the next generations, to engage Indigenous Australia, you know, get our Adam Goods of, of, our, uh, of our Socceroos and Matildas and go on and, and put Australia on the global stage. Right, Craig, you nailed the pre-tournament question of the young talent to watch as we just discussed. Who wins now, mate? You don't get to go without telling us who oh, wins and sure. putting your neck on the block. <laughs> Come on, Craig. Who wins, mate? Yeah. Well, I was saying Brazil. But I tell you what, France are brilliant. Although they, they, Mbappe is unbelievable. They, mm. they won three nil this morning. And anyone who watched England this morning beat Senegal three nil knows that they are a very, very serious team. So they're playing France in the quarterfinal. Uh, so only one of those are going to get through. But at the moment, Brazil are definitely the one to beat. Mbappe's a bit. He's a bit. Um, he's a bit jumpy though. I saw some footage over on socials during the week. Him in the in the sheds. Um, a little noise goes off, and he absolutely panicked, petrified. He was. He's. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm dubious about him in big games, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Who are you talking about? Mbappe. Mbappe. Oh, Mbappe. <laughs> oh God, what a player! So he's gone. He's not yet 24. He's scored nine goals in the World Cups and he scored he was the, the second youngest after Pelé to score in a World Cup final four years ago uh, you know he's the richest uh, most um, you know highly valued player in the world and he's just absolutely smashing everyone he's, he's incredible he, he basically is the modern uh, version of Pelé he's quite incredible so he could easily carry France but they're, they're, they haven't they haven't um, really thrilled as a team yet. I think, you know, defensively they still look a little bit suspect and they haven't really hit their straps. That can be a good thing in World Cups because you've got to win seven games. So most countries get better and better and better. 
but I tell you what, gee, we as English fans are feeling very, very excited. What amazing performance this morning. Very much so. Hey, mate, appreciate the chat and uh, all, uh, continued uh, great viewing on SBS. Still plenty of the World Cup to go. I think after the this next stage, it, it, there might be a rest day thrown in, which would be great for everybody, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can't wait for that. <laughs> hey, good on you, mate. There he is, SBS commentator right. and former soccer captain. Thanks for joining us, mate. No, my pleasure. Uh, trade crypto with one of the world's most secure exchanges. Get in the game. Kraken, that's K-R-A-K-E-N.com. Craig Foster, always great to chat. And he has been on top of his game on the SBS coverage. This is Scotty and Goss.